Get ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Hello, and what's going on out there in America and across the world? This is Daryl from Sports Info UM, talking with my man Sam. What's going on, Sam? How you doing, Daryl? Just uh, just excited, man. A lot of great sports stories out there. Uh, college football, it didn't get no better than this Saturday. Uh, a great slate of NFL games and just, you know, just very excited about the upcoming week. Uh, Michigan-Ohio State, as far as college football rivalries, it don't get much better than that. Hey, you know, we thought last weekend was the upset weekend. However, um, this weekend we had two big upsets, you know, starting out with Kansas State losing to Baylor. Man, what a game. We thought Kansas Kansas State was on their way to a national championship and hey, thought that they were maybe maybe they'd be overlooking Baylor just a little bit, looking forward to this Texas game. And sometimes when you do overlook games, this is what happens. You get upset. You got to take them one game at a time and maybe Kansas just didn't take this one one game at a time. Uh, definitely uh, surprised about the results of the Kansas State Baylor game. You're talking about a team Baylor that came into the game under 500 they came in with a four and five record and uh you know they really had an impressive ground game ran the ball for over 300 yards uh the quarterback was accurate uh 238 yards two touchdowns he did throw two interceptions and uh they possibly uh stole the heisman trophy uh from uh mr klein uh who who wasn't his accurate and dominant self uh you know he had two touchdowns three interceptions uh and and a lot of times when when you're talking about the Heisman, you're talking about the national championship. When you don't finish and, and when you lose this late, it kind of just knocks you off. It knocks you off the hill, man, as far as who's going to be that guy to win the win the Heisman Trophy. You saw earlier in the year Geno Smith got off to a great start, and he kind of died down his buzz. And so now you got to ask yourself how the voters going to look at Klein coming off a loss. You know, he, he was everybody's prince when he was undefeated and his team was in the national championship race. So I'm kind of interested to see how the uh, voters are going to vote now. Yeah, and I I think Klein will fall off the wagon. But, you know, we've asked so much of this young man, and and Kansas State has just asked a tremendous amount from him. You know, he's, he was the second-leader rusher with 39 yards, and that was a, a minor rushing game for him. We expect his numbers are usually be in the 80s or 100 yards rushing. So, uh, and I've, I've said this for a while now, as long as we keep asking these quarterbacks to be the number one and number two rusher in these major college football games, we're going to expect them to have some days like this where they just, they just beat up, man. This guy this guy's been beat up like a running back throughout the whole season. Hey, but another another loss this week, man. Oregon, hey, they just couldn't hang with Stanford. And, and as much as they tried to run the fast break offense and the and the run and shoot offense or whatever you want to call it, they just it. Uh, Stanford found a way to slow the game down, um, really control the game with their stout defense, and I mean stout defense. And, and you got to give Stanford a lot of credit. They have a serious program there, and they really look like they're going in the right direction. Hey, Coach David Shaw and his uh, players deserve all the credit in the world. And uh, all I can say is 14 points. You know, after an Oregon team that came into this game in their seven 
Pac-10 games, they had scored 49, 41, 52, 52, 43, 70, 62, and 59 points in those games. And to come out in the Stanford defense to hold them to 14 points, just a great job. And uh, when you can create turnovers and limit your your opponent's opportunities on third down, that, that was another phase of the game that Stanford was really, uh, really well prepared to handle the three turnovers in the whole Oregon uh, to six of 17 on third down conversions and uh, just made the plays that was necessary for them to win a big win for uh, Coach David Shaw and the uh, Stanford program and uh, possibly knocking Oregon out of the national championship race. Yeah, I, they definitely knocked them out. And, you know, I, you really just can't say they're out of the race right now because it's going to be a team with one loss playing for the national championship, and that's obvious right now. And, I, and I'll, I'll say this, on the record, I'm still not in favor of a playoff system. And let's go on to the next game, man. You know, the number one team in the nation this week is Notre Dame. And I don't mind for balling up something and throwing it on the, on the floor, uh, Sam, because Notre Dame is the number one team. It's a lot of people in America very happy, a lot of Catholics around America very happy. And you never know. A lot of, a lot of sports writers in America might be getting exactly what they want, to see Notre Dame play for the national championship. And let's not get ahead of ourselves. They still have to play USC. Well, the road for Notre Dame got a lot clearer uh, this weekend uh, with Oregon and Kansas State losing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk, hey, if three teams finish undefeated, will the voters keep Notre Dame out of the national championship game? And, uh, well, we don't have to worry about that now because Notre Dame is in the driver's seat. All Notre Dame has to do is uh, they have to finish. They got to go out to Southern Cal and they got to beat a Southern Cal team that's just reeling right now. That's coming off a tough loss to their rivalry, uh, rival opponent in, uh, UCLA. And, uh, they're going to, they're going to be playing without, uh, a possibly a potential a top 10 draft pick in uh, Matt Barkley. So it's going to be tough for USC to pull out the upset. But I think it's definitely a game that USC has to have. Coach Kiffin has to get his guys prepared to to upset Notre Dame, to, to pull out a big-time win. You know, this program, this USC program is a program that uh, had a lot of high expectations coming into the season, and uh, they have really underachieved. You know, and um, this will be the first career start for Matt Wittick, the um, backup quarterback for USC, and it's going to be a tough road for him, man. It really is going to be a tough road. So, you know, and I'm not a big fan of uh, Coach Kiffin. I don't think he has not gotten what he what we expected him to get from this team at USC, and I'm still not over this question mark that has to be held over this team about the lack of inflated balls that they kicked thrown and caught at USC this season. I still think something has to be said about that. Something needs to be done. Hey, but man, um, you know, even even when we look at it now, University of Georgia is still in the hunt. Wow. University of Florida, they're still in the hunt. Both of these teams still have won losses and their SEC teams, the darling of the United States of America. Hey, but Alabama came through again, 49-zip. They really they looked impressive, but they weren't really playing anybody. Western Carolina came in, made some money. What do you think about this, Sam? Is, is, was this enough to really catapult them back up to the number two spot? Well, uh, 
I was a little disappointed in Alabama a week ago when they played Texas A&M, but you're talking about the football gods shining down on Alabama and just putting them right slap in the middle of the national championship race again. You know, rarely does that happen after coming off such a tough defeat to Texas A&M. They played a, a undermanned Western uh, Carolina team in one of those guarantee games. Alabama was guaranteed to win. Western Carolina was uh, paid to show up and uh, take the beating that Alabama put on them. Uh, you know, Alabama has a big game this week uh, versus Auburn, a rivalry game. You throw out the records when you're talking about rivalry games. But Auburn, they're facing an Auburn team that uh, that has a lot going on there, a lot of adversity going on. Uh, talking about a coach that's uh, a dead man walking in Gene Chizik two years after winning the national championship game with uh, Cam Newton. Uh, he's really underachieved. If he keep his job, the only reason he keep his job is because him and his assistant coaches are owed between six and ten million dollars. And uh, you know, we're gonna touch on that later on in the show. Uh should college coaches' salaries be guaranteed? You know, these guys are making a lot of money. Well, I think an even bigger question is should the players be getting paid? Yep. Hey, but Sam, this weekend, man, my my college, University of Miami, they um they beat up on University of South Florida in Miami, the final home game of the season. The Hurricanes look good. Stephen Morris looks good. And they came out today and said that they will be self-imposing another penalty. We will not be going to the bowl game, nor will we be playing for the conference championship. You know, it's really disappointing. And I really think, you know, the question is, how hard do you think these players would have played if they had known this going into the season, that they wouldn't have a chance to go to a bowl game, they wouldn't have a chance to play in the conference championship for something that happened before most of these guys ever arrived on campus? I think they would have uh, played very hard. When uh, you, You're talking about young men that their dream is to play college football. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, their, their dream is to play college football. So, uh I don't think it would have been a lack of effort. Uh, it's disappointing, but uh, a lot of times uh, the university self-imposed these rules to uh, get favor for the NCAA before they uh, bring down the hammer. So I, I think it's a good look for Miami of self-imposing, taking away bowl games. To take that a step farther, look at Ohio State. They decided last year to go to the bowl game. And maybe if Ohio State would have self-imposed last year, the NCAA would allow them to play in a bowl game this year. Ohio State's 11-0. and If they win this weekend, 12-0, and you're talking about right in the middle of the BCS championship picture. So that's something to think about. I think Miami is going about this the right way. I think they have the right coach uh, for the job. It's going to take some patience uh, whenever you're dealing with the NCAA. So uh, I think it's a good look for them. And uh, just you know, you wish them you wish them the best. Uh, the kids play hard. Uh, truthfully, they would have been able to play for a conference championship without the sanctions. But uh, I think it's a good look overall for their program. And uh, you know, so we're gonna shift the focus to the Michigan Wolverines. You know, Senior Day, one of the greatest players in Michigan history, has uh, played his last home game. Denard Robinson. Uh, he didn't get to start at quarterback uh, because he had some nerve 
issues going on with his elbow, but uh, he did start at running back, and uh, he looked really good at running back. They put him in at for some plays at quarterback. And uh, Devin Gardner, you know, he is really taking his game to the next level. You're talking about a young man who didn't get a lot of reps during the season because he was playing a wide receiver in the step in. In the two weeks that he's, two out of the three weeks he started at quarterback for the University of Michigan, he's been the Big Ten player of the week. And uh, just add another dimension to the offense. A uh, big game this week is Ohio State. Whenever you say Ohio State and Michigan, you know, you throw the records out the door. It's going to be a tough task going down to Ohio State. But uh, I, I tell you one thing as a player and being a Michigan guy is, to me, there was no better feeling than to go down to that stadium in the silence, a hundred and three or 4,000 people. You know, it's just you, your teammates, and the coaches. And uh, it's just a wonderful feeling. You know that feeling, Daryl. I do know that. I do know that feeling, Sam. And, you know, um, you know, I guess I look at Denard Robinson, and I say the same thing about him that I say about a lot of these quarterbacks that are running the ball. You know, the more, the more we find these quarterbacks running, the more injuries we're going to find at this position. And this is not a position you can afford to lose, especially late in the season. Denard Robinson is a great athlete, but should he be – running the ball as much as a, a running back. You know, uh, this week he ran for uh, 13 rushes, 98 yards, the leading rusher on the team this week. Just can't know if – I don't know if he could handle that many rushes, man. They played him as a running back. Though, I know. Uh, this week. And, and really, if you want to call a spade a spade, he's been a running back playing quarterback the whole time anyway. I think it's uh, – I'm, I'm sure the people at the next level of the NFL, they're very excited about the transition that – uh he showed that he can play running back. You know, there's a lot of talk about him maybe going to receiver. So he just showed that he can be a lot more versatile. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. Uh, we'll be right back after the break, and uh, we're going to talk about some of these coaches that are on the hot seat. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, let's get right into this bowl championship uh, series ranking. And, um, you know, when you look at it, man, Notre Dame right now is the number one team. And if they can hold on to, for one more game, which is really almost an, a, an impossible feat in this day and age of college football, is to go undefeated, go 11-0. and Wow. If they can hold on for one more game, they'll be playing for the national championship. And if Alabama can hold on for one more game plus the SEC championship, they'll be playing for the national championship. And I don't think it'll be any, any questions about it. It'll be some people complaining about, hey, we should have a, a, a series championship. We should play another four or five games or three more games. I totally disagree. If these kids can give us 11 games, they shouldn't give us any more. If they give us 12 games, they shouldn't give us three more games. Three more free games, three more games where uh, colleges and bowls and cities are going to make millions of dollars, and these young men are going to go home with um, with additional pair of tennis shoes and some warm-up pants, maybe $300 yeah. in their pocket. Hey, they get some nice bowl gifts for going to bowl games. But, uh, you know, just, just touching on that whole issue, uh, that's something that, that truly has to be addressed as far as uh, student-athletes and pay or maybe a stipend. Or something, you know. It, if you saw the news today, Maryland joins the Big Ten. Uh, exactly. R- Rutgers is expected to follow. Uh, you know, that's about that New York market. That's about that Washington D.C. market. So now, when the TV contract come up, you can say, "Hey, we we're, we've added those markets." You know, you know. To me, it's it's about the ads, the presidents, and they're trying to leave their mark on the game. Uh, a lot of the talk is about, oh, you know, we can't have a playoff. It's too much. Uh, it's too much of a burden on the student athletes, you know. But uh, when the when the TV revenue and the contracts and everything aligned right, what do we have in a couple of years? We have a playoff system that's that's in place. Uh, you know, just looking at these BCS rankings, if Notre Dame can. Uh, can win versus a USC team that should be highly motivated. They're going to be 12 and 0. They don't have to worry about a roadblock in, an, in a conference championship game. Alabama should get past Auburn this week. They're going to face a tough Georgia team. And uh, the, the one thing that we do know, if Georgia gets past Georgia Tech this weekend, also in another rivalry game, we're going to have a, a member of the SEC playing for the national championship game again for the seventh consecutive year. Uh, the Florida Gators, they're, they're in a great position if they can knock off Florida State. I really expect Florida State to beat the Gators this weekend in Tallahassee. And uh, 
Florida State's the one team that um, looking at these rankings that uh, that to me I feel they're they're getting a lube job because they're they're ten and one. They have one uh one stumble this year and and you have teams that have two losses that's ranked ahead of them. And um you're talking about a, a team that that had to win all of their games and that's where strength of schedule and uh some of these off season uh not off season, some of these non bowl non conference games come into play where you have to schedule better opponents. Well, you have to schedule better opponents, but you can only play who you have on your schedule. You know, and I, I would I would agree with you. I think Florida State is they're not getting a fair shot at this thing. But at the same time, somebody's going to be left out, whether it's going to be the Florida Gators or whether it's going to be the University of Georgia or Oregon Ducks. Um, I know um, I know Kansas State is going to be looking at this thing too, saying, "Hey, we only have one loss." And should we have a playoff? Well, I, I just have to say no, no, no. There should not be a playoff. We should have a, a one-game championship, and let's, let's let it be done. When I played college football, you didn't even know who won the championship until the day after the bowl game was over where the, where the sports writers voted and the coaches voted, and that, that determined the national championship. I didn't see anything wrong with that system, and I really – think the system is now all about the money it's all about making more millions it's all about adding another library to the college it's all about play, paying for the lacrosse team or the volleyball team and these poor foot not poor football players but these athletes are out there risking their life risking injuries most of these guys are going to be just like me can't can't bend your fist all the way because you got arthritis in your hand at 48 years old you have a trouble getting out of bed sometime because you you got beat up when you were in your 20s, man. You know, nothing, no one's going to look back at this, at a kid like Lattimore, who's probably going to be walking around with a cane someday. Nobody's going to look at him and say, hey, uh, University of South Carolina should do more for you. Or they should have given you a settlement of something, man, all you did for the college. So let me get off this soapbox and talk about the, um, the BCS championship. This is what we have, and it's just a matter of time before we dive into another system where we're making more money. Uh, when I, I'm sure whenever the opportunity arises for the presidents and the BCS uh, committee to add four more teams to the to the four that we that they're talking about now, they're going to go from four to eight. It's just a matter of who's willing to fork over the money to to keep it going. Uh, there's no doubt that it's all about the money and uh, who funds the other sports, football. So. Uh, if you saw, if you had a chance to watch 60 Minutes last night, they had a special on uh, basically how football funds the whole athletic department. 80% of the money is generated from football. And, you know, some schools aren't as fortunate as others. And, uh, you know, they're continual. They continue to ask you for more and more money as far as donations. You know, the TV money isn't enough. You're constantly being solicited to, to donate more. We need this building. Uh, such and such just put up a new building. You know, you have to keep up with the Joneses because kids like to be able to come in and see the nice big buildings, you know, recruiting. Uh, it's definitely driven by the type of facilities you have, how much money, uh, how much money the university is raking in. 
Yeah, and and you know, I look at it like if we're quickly we quick to put up a six million dollar weight room or add a six million dollars to the facility, and what are we doing for the kids? Yeah, we we encourage them to go to class, and we we expect all of them to graduate and be successful, productive citizens in society. But if you are going to fuel the entire athletic program. I think you should be you should be compensated by something, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a maybe it's a savings bond that you put in his name for for four years, and when he graduates, he takes takes it with him or fifty thousand dollars. I don't know what it is, but I think it has to be something. And some of these young men that are that are fun in these universities, you know, they're having a hard time getting tickets a year or two down the road when their uh, college career is over. And uh, some of them, they're not even welcome back on campus, you know, depending on if they had any off-field issues after they they played and gave everything they had. And, you know, when, when these kids are being wooed out of high school, these coaches are looking their parents in the eye and saying, hey, I'm going to treat your son like he's my own son. Well, you know, hey, these are young men. There's a lot of temptation in college. Some guys make mistakes. Some guys repeatedly make mistakes. So uh, do you kick your kid out the house every time he make a mistake, or do you uh, nurture him and, and try to teach him what's right from wrong and get him back on the right track? And, uh, you know, these kids are definitely being misused. And uh, what the university are saying is, hey, you have an opportunity to come here and get a degree. Hey, uh, you know. That that's a great reward if you can go to school and get a degree. But at the same time, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars for some of these schools year in and year out. And uh, a lot of these athletes, they're not asking for a lot. And really, they would be happy with an extra two, three hundred dollars a month in their scholarship check so they can take their girlfriend to a movie and uh, buy some dinner. You know, uh, it, it's a bad feeling when you're walking around campus. Everybody has your jersey on. And, uh, you know, you can't afford to go out and buy you a $5 meal. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that, Sam. But, you know, when we, when we look at this, at the big picture of this whole thing, you know, these coaches are, are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. The colleges are making millions of dollars. And when a coach gets fired, he takes those millions with him. You know, and, and you talk about people on the hot seat, you know, um, one of the coaches in our state, Skip Holtz, at uh, University of South Florida, he's on the hot seat. He's going to take a pocket full of money with him. Charlie Weiss at, Ken- at Kansas, he's on the hot seat. He's going to take a lot of money with him. We talked about Chizik at Auburn. He's on the hot seat, and he's going to leave with a pocket full of, of money. This guy, Randy Etzel, I don't think he's going to the Big Ten with Maryland. You know, Maryland might be going, but I don't think he's going. And he's going to get paid when he leaves. So, and, 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 you know, my favorite one is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin got a job with the Oakland Raiders that he didn't deserve. He got a job at, um, at, uh, at, at, at Tennessee that he didn't deserve. He left Tennessee and went to USC and took a job that he didn't deserve. And I think because they thought he was bringing his dad with him, he was going to bring a lot of um, richness and fulfillment to the program, but it just didn't happen like that, Sam. So you're saying that uh, Lane Kiffin was hired at USC because of his father, uh, and, uh, Skip Holtz at South Florida, and, uh, I think his dad had a little bit to do with that too. Derek Dooley at Tennessee. A lot of these, I think his dad had a little bit to do with a, that too. A lot of these guys have that sense of entitlement <laughs> because of who their parents are, and, uh, you know, that, that's a part of, you know, the coaching fraternity, that it, it, it's a brotherhood, and, uh, 
it's hard for some to get in and for some it's easy to get in. And, uh, once they get in, they're going to advance because of their namesake. And, uh, you know, not saying that these guys aren't good coaches, but in some cases, they're just not ready to be that head coach. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a coordinator for a couple more years. You know, Lane Kiffin was a very young head coach with the Oakland Raiders in the NFL. You know, he just skipped college and went right to the NFL. And then, uh, after a year with Al Davis, he, uh, went to Tennessee. He was wooed by Tennessee. And after a year there, his dream job opened, opened up, which was USC. And, uh, Tennessee ended up hiring, uh, and, uh, an inexperienced Derek Dooley, a guy who wasn't ready for that job. And, uh, you know, three years later, they're looking for a new head coach after, um, at the Tennessee's longest run of consecutive losing seasons in over a century. You know, he's 15 and 21 and they fired him effective immediately. They told him to get out, clean out his office. <laughs> yeah, that, that has to be a horrible thing. And it just man. brings up the question, you know, should these guys' salary be guaranteed? I mean, you're talking about, and, and, and we're talking about athletes not making money or not getting paid. The guys who are putting in all of the work and doing the heavy lifting is the athletes, and they're not getting paid anything. You're talking about coaches who are getting paid two and three million dollars per season to guarantee to basically motivate these young men to go out and play harder, so they can reach their dream of playing in the National Football League. Well, and then you look at people like Tizik, who Tommy Tupperville left him a, a just a, a solid program. And, you know, he got in there and messed it up. I mean, when you look at what he did after Cam Newton, he, he, he's, he's in trouble. You know, and he deserves to be fired if he, when, he, when he gets fired. I think it's just a matter of time. He's going to be gone. Yeah. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we come back, we're going to get into this NFL playoff picture and all of the exciting news from this Sunday. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds 
part. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Sports Info. Yeah. Hey, Sam, let's dive right into this NFL, man. It was some very exciting games yesterday. You know, um, the Atlanta Falcons really survived a real close game yesterday. Um, you know, um, uh, Matt Ryan threw six interceptions, and they still won. You know, the, the final score was um, 23-19, and it was, it was really – you really look at this game and say, where, where, what's going on in, in Atlanta? You know, we thought this was one of the premier teams in the league, and they turned out to be just almost struggling with one of the worst teams in the league, the, um, the, the, uh, the Cardinals. The, the Arizona Cardinals, they got off to a great start this season. You know, they started off 4-0. They got everybody excited, but they're in a free fall. And uh, Atlanta – the the thing I like is when you can overcome that type of adversity. They have a defense in place that allowed them to win a game when they turned the ball over six times. So, you know, you have to give them credit where credit is due uh, to win a game where you commit that many turnovers. In the NFL, that doesn't happen. I, I, I guarantee you it, you'll be hard-pressed to find two or three more times that that's happened in the NFL. So you have to tip your hat to them in that aspect. They played against a, a Cardinal team whose quarterback play is just really has been really disappointing this whole season. Arizona hasn't had a quarterback since Kurt Warner retired. And it, it's kind of sad watching such a great receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, that, uh, that's been just underutilized because of the quarterback play. But, uh, you know, the Falcons, they did what they had to do. They they came back. They won a close game, uh, a little too close. Uh, if they get in the playoffs or when they play a better opponent, they're going to be in trouble if they uh, continue to turn the ball over. You can't have six turnovers out of your quarterback. And this was a guy who everybody was talking about as the MVP of the National Football League. You're not the MVP of the National Football League when you turn the ball over six times. Yeah, and and the Cardinals, you know, when you throw for sixty four yards in an NFL game, it's it's a it's a one that was as close as it was. It it really is. You know, um Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys pulled out a game, pulled out a victory yesterday in Dallas, something they have not been able to do very much this season, not even since um, Jerry Jones built the palace in Dallas. Hey, uh, uh another game that was a little too close, you know, and the Cowboys uh they're back at 500. I'm I'm still not sold on them, and uh, they're going to have to do a better job on Thanksgiving Day with Mr. RG3 rolls in the town. Uh, I, I, there has been a Des Bryant sighting. Uh, had a nice day yesterday. Twelve catches, 145 yards, and a big touchdown late that kind of saved the Cowboys. Uh, just a little disappointed in uh, their performance yesterday against a Cleveland team that's uh, 
that's young and are going through some uh, growing pains and transition. You know, their coach is not sure if he's going to be there next year. A little too close to call for me and the Cowboys. I'm not buying that stock at all, Daryl. You know, but if um, if Whedon and Richardson continue to grow and continue to develop, I think Cleveland is going to have going to have a program on their hand. I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the, in the near future. Yeah, they're their definitely defense plays some serious football. Yeah, they're definitely a young team. Uh, I like the quarterback. I like the tailback, and, uh, and even though on wide receiver Gordon that they picked up out of Baylor in the supplemental draft, they definitely have some pieces in place. But right now they're just young. They're playing hard, and uh, sometimes when you're young, you know you don't know what you're doing. And you, you just play out of your mind. They played a tough game yesterday against the Cowboys. You know, the, the uh, Green Bay Packers went in the Euro stomping grounds yesterday, Detroit, and um, came out with a victory. And uh, this is not an easy victory for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers had it, you know, it did his regular thing, um, 19 for 27, 236 yards, two TDs. But this doesn't look like a team that's, like, on fire. You can say they stand out ahead of, the Texans are. They're on even ground with the Texans. Just don't see Green Bay being the team they were when they won the Super Bowl a few years back. Uh, to me, I like the Packers. You know, they, they have been hit with a lot of injuries, and for them to be sitting at 7-3, and three, uh, they're game behind the Bears. I, I really feel that they're going to overtake the Bears in the NFC uh in the NFC North, uh, the Bears are seven and two. Got a big game tonight against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you know, yesterday to me for Aaron Rodgers, that was just an average day. He's been playing so well. Uh, you know, you're a little disappointed when he don't put up the, uh, the fantasy numbers that we've come to expect, but I really see Green Bay being a factor in the NFC. Uh, and, and possibly I, I can see them going to Atlanta and being Atlanta, but the thing is, you never know. Uh, what you're going to get from Sunday to Sunday, and uh, anybody can be beaten. And, and that's for sure. You know, that's why these guys get paid. You just never know who's going to beat who on any given Sunday. You know, um, you know, a lot of Philadelphia fans, a lot of people around the NFL, a lot of NFL fans have been calling for Michael Vick's head, saying Michael Vick is um, he's overrated, he's washed up, he's fumbling the ball too much, he's just really not the guy he used to be. We need Nick Foles in. We want to see the second-string quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles have let go a couple quarterbacks that went on to be productive in the NFL, other cities. Let's see what Nick Foles can do. Well, he didn't do so well. Well, so. well, Nick Foles was 21 of 46 with two interceptions for uh, 204 yards. I, I, I tell you what, the thing that the Philadelphia Eagles, their biggest problem is they can't protect their quarterback. Any quarterback. I, I don't care if Johnny Unitas was back there, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. They cannot protect the quarterback. <laughs> and when you're a quarterback and that clock's going off in your head to duck or, or get down, there's a problem. And, and as athletic as Michael Vick is, if you can't protect Michael Vick, what in the world makes their fans think that they can protect Nick Foles? You know, everybody loves the backup quarterback. So yesterday they got a little taste of their own own medicine. Uh, a little disappointed in the uh, in the Eagles, though. Overall, I think their guys have packed it in. They're ready for the off season. But uh, there was a quarterback that stood out yesterday, and his name is RG three. You're talking about just had a an outstanding day when you completed 14 of 15 passes, man. Four touchdowns on the day, you know. What more can he do besides uh, line the field?
And, you know, he had a perfect quarterback rating that the NFL will not recognize because he did not throw at least 20 passes. Now, that makes no sense to me because if he had thrown four interceptions, not four interceptions, but four incomplete passes or five incomplete passes, he would have thrown 20 passes and still had the same quarterback rating. Just doesn't make sense to me, man. So, hey, what can you say? Doesn't make a lot of sense, but, hey, what more can the young man do? I mean, he, he has just been outstanding. He also added 84 yards on the, um, on the ground. He just makes everything look so easy. Uh, he's having a great, great rookie season. Uh, he, he's not playing like a rookie. He's playing like a veteran. And, uh, you know, his, his counterpart, let's go to Mr. Andrew Luck. Uh, he ran into Tom Brady. Uh, former University of Michigan quarterback, and uh, they ran into a buzzsaw yesterday against the Patriots yesterday. You're talking about uh, the Patriots just took the coach behind the woodshed, 59-24, to and uh, Tom Brady and Gronkowski was just a, a dynamic duo yesterday, but it's sad to say that uh, Gronkowski is going to be out for a while. He broke his uh, forearm yesterday. So uh, what are your thoughts on that game on the Colts and Patriots? You know, I, my thoughts go directly to the 59 points. You know, and I look at Bill Belichick, man, and I sometimes say the sportsmanship of the game sometimes loses him. You know, and you're going to film someone's walkthrough and say it was not a big deal, and then you go out and just go 59 points. So it looked like he was making a statement to Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis coach. But when you make statements like that and you kind of get a little sketchy with the sportsmanship of the game, I think you almost some things. Some of these things are going to happen to you, like Gronkowski breaking his arm. Now you got to think last about week, it. Now. Last year it was he hurt his ankle. You know, Belichick has some things that are that are following him. That that um, you, you know, they scored fifty nine points. They returned the punt. They returned two interceptions to the house. Now, do you want the guys to fall down or to not compete or that's their opportunity to, to, um, to really shine? You know, when you get, when you can score in a special teams game and when your defense scores twice, that's just, hey, those are unexpected points. You know, you, you, you work on special teams and, uh, you, you're just hoping to get a first down out of the punt return game. You know, that's a win for you. But, uh, the two defensive, uh, returns for touchdowns you know I, I don't think he was trying to run up the score or uh, make the coach look bad they just they scored in all phases of the game yesterday and uh you know they, they have a very special tight end and quarterback combination i'll say this gronkowski caught a pass for the last touchdown of the game and that lets us know that they weren't just running the ball he caught a pass for the for i guess the 58th point so, uh, and, and I've said this before, tall players have a tough time in the NFL. And Gronkowski is a tall, skilled position player. When we find running backs that are like 6'4 and better, they have a tough time because all of these guys that are tackling them are always going to go for the low extremities and they're going to have problems. So Gronkowski is just another one of these guys that's 6'7". He's going to be catching passes across the middle, but where is everyone going to tackle him? They're going to hit him low, hit him low. Hey, man, he's a he's a matchup nightmare. You feel bad when you see a safety or a defensive back or a linebacker on him. You know, it's unfortunate he got hurt. He'll be back. But, uh, you know, the Patriots, they, they, they've they loaded up on tight ends. Hopefully they'll be able to get Hernandez back. I don't really think that the show's going to stop. Uh, it's just going to make them diversify their offense. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun watching the Patriots. They're uh, – they're in a good spot right now. They're uh, they're seven and three, and uh, 
I, I can see them to continue to climb. I see them catching Baltimore. You know, Baltimore had a big win last night, but I, and they're sitting at eight and two, but they're a little undermanned. Yeah, they are a little undermanned. You know, Ray Lewis is out for the season, um, but you know the 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 Ravens continue to keep moving on. You know, Rice is still doing his thing. Um, you know, um, uh, Anquan Bolden, he's still playing solid football. Yesterday he caught eight passes for 79 yards. You know, but uh, Falco, you know, you, Flacco, you just really can't say he's an elite quarterback, but I do give him credit for being a winner, and he does win games for the um, for the Ravens, and, he's, and he always has his team in a position to win. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we come back from the break, we're going we're gonna to finish up this Baltimore Raven game, and we're going to get into one of the most exciting games of the day, the Texans and the Jaguars. How could the Jaguars have an exciting game, Sam? <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a business ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up, speak up, or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Sam, when we left, we were talking about the Ravens and the Steelers. What a defensive battle this was yesterday. And, Sam, do you really think that um, with, with, with Byron Leftwich playing in, in uh, Ben Roethlisberger's absence, can he take this team to maybe two or three victories? Because he might, Ben Roethlisberger might not be back for um at least two, three weeks. So he has a sprained um, shoulder. You know, that's an injury that could be two weeks, could be four weeks. We just don't know. I would be surprised if we don't see Charlie Batch uh, this week. You know, Charlie Batch is a veteran quarterback. Uh, he doesn't need a lot of reps to prepare. Uh, is, is he the answer long-term for the Steelers? 
No, but uh, for one or two games, I can see Charlie Batch uh, being a better game manager than uh, than Byron Leftwich was. Hey, well, Charlie Batch is forty-two years old, I think. I'm not so sure, but man, Charlie Batch, I just can't see him taking the pressure that it's going to take to um, to handle another NFL. He's going to be a better game manager. And in some cases, when you have a strong defense like the Steelers, you can run the ball. You just need a guy who's not going to make mistakes. I guarantee you he'd know that uh, offense like the palm of his hands. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a shot. They're, they're not keeping him around to just uh, collect checks. You know, eventually he's going to have to earn them paychecks. And now is the time for him to earn those uh, th- that paycheck for the season in these next two weeks. And then you know what? If he plays well, that might get him another year or two of just collecting checks. You know, I I just can't see Charlie Bass coming in, Sam. But anyway, um, the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning continue to roll and continue to do their thing. Uh, man, I'm, this guy Peyton Manning is really impressive. He's taking some serious lumps, taking some hits. He's gotten up. He's doing his thing. Um, but Philip Rivers, wow, he's just still questioning some of some of his his situations and what he's going through as an NFL player just doesn't seem to be on the right track. Him and North Turner are are not on the same page. Well, a lot of people now they're saying, you know, before Philip Philip Rivers was a uh, he was in the elite quarterback category. Now, you know, a lot of discussion is is he still an elite quarterback? Uh, North Turner to me has always been a great offensive coordinator offensive coordinator that has been moonlight moonlight as a head coach you know I, I really think his time is up as a head coach in san diego it's unfortunate because he had some great teams that was just never able to get over the hump and uh you know to me their season uh, fell apart on the monday night that they played denver the denver broncos uh, several weeks ago and uh they have just never been able to uh, recuperate from that, uh, and, and I, it's really unfortunate. But I think uh, North Turner and the GM is going to lose his job. Uh, a guy who I look to get some interest for that coaching job will be another guy uh, from the Eagles, Andy Reid. I can see Andy Reid. He's a Southern California guy uh, making that transition out there. I think it will be a nice move, and I think Andy Reid needs to change the scenery. I think he's ready for a breakup uh, with the Eagles. I, I think I think Coach Andy Reid will be someplace else um, next year. He will not be in Philadelphia. But yesterday, man, we saw two two young quarterbacks that are just both of them seem like they're going in different directions. You know, um, Josh Freeman is a quarterback that really is up on the rise. And then you look at uh, Cam Newton, and his his stock is going in the other direction. Um, you know, uh, but I'll, I'll, you must admit that when you got Vincent Jackson, fifty million dollar man, throwing you throwing the ball at him, he's making a big difference for um, Josh Freeman, and uh, and then you got Dallas Clark who's come on to um, to the Dallas, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who's making a big difference, and you got who's what they call this Martin guy? I don't know what they call him, Gorilla Martin or K Martin, Doug but, Martin. Uh, Doug Martin is really doing his thing. So I have to say, Josh Freeman has a lot more weapons. Than um, Cam Newton, out of uh, out of Boise State, Doug Martin has really, really a- added a, a another dimension to this offense. And uh, Josh Freeman, he he lost a lot of weight this off season. Uh, he looks good. He he's always had the physical skills. And uh, like like you said, there's nothing like having a big time weapon. And uh, he got that in Jackson. Uh, and 
Jackson that the Chargers could use right now. But uh, he, he's been just a guy that that has made the big clutch clutch catches for uh, Freeman all season long. And you're talking about a a Tampa Bay team that struggled mightily last year. They're sitting at six and four, just outside the playoffs. They're playing strong, good sound football, and uh, it, it's it's a little. You're talking about slumps now when you go to Cam Newton. Uh, I'm still a Cam Newton believer. To me, the issue with Carolina is they got to do a better job of surrounding Cam Newton with better talent. When your number one receiver is uh, Steve Smith, who's who has been a great uh, wide receiver in the National Football League, but uh, I think age has finally caught up to Steve Smith, and um, they got to just do a better job of getting more talent around Cam Newton. You know, um, yesterday, man, the Jacksonville Jaguars almost pulled off the biggest upset of the season. It was a very close game with the Texans, man. Um, you know, my man Andre Andre Johnson from the University of Miami saved the day with a big time catch and run um, that that sealed the victory for the Texans. But hey, the Jaguars hung in there, man, and I, it was almost unbelievable to see the worst team in the league hanging in there with the best team in the league and giving them all they can handle. The Jaguars do what they always do. They get you very excited, and then they disappoint you at the end. Uh, you're talking about Andre Johnson and Justin Blackman. They combined for 509 yards yesterday, 21 catches and two touchdowns. You're talking about just great receiver play. Uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars might have found them a quarterback in Chad Henney. He came in and, uh, he had a nice day, uh, 16 to 33, 354 yards and four touchdowns. Just couldn't get the Jags over the hump. Uh, very disappointed in the Texans defense. They had been playing great football all season long and, uh, to just give up so many points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know, those guys didn't come ready to play. Uh, they, they found the way to get the game, uh, to win the game. And, uh, you know, you just got to go on to the next week and, uh, hopefully they'll get everything corrected. But I'm sure, uh, Coach Phillips is not, uh, happy with those guys. And you know, um, Blackman, I think he finally earned his paycheck yesterday. He, he, he earned his, his signing bonus and every check the Jaguars have given him this year. Uh, he, he came out seven receptions, 36 yards, and maybe he's coming into his own. You know, and maybe we're going to see some, uh, some first round pick action from, um, Blackman. Now, is it the guy that's throwing him the ball or, uh, did that make a difference? You know, cause sometimes it's, it's just about getting those opportunities, getting those chances. I'm not sold on Gabbert. I don't know if Chad Henney's the answer, but I know one thing. I'm not sold on Gabbert. You know, Henney did give those guys an opportunity to make plays yesterday. He has a big arm and, uh, we shall see. Go blue. I'm not sold on Gabbert either, but I have seen Chad Henney play some really big games in Miami and I probably saw him play the biggest game of his career yesterday when he played the Texans in Texas. Yeah. Hey, well, Sam, you know, um, it's, it's a couple of things going on in, in the world of football. Um, the coach Gagliano, no, um, John Gallabrati retired at the age of 87. He's the winningest coach in the history of college football from the University of uh, St. John's University in Michigan. Excuse me, Minnesota. So, John Gagliardi. We just want to congratulate you, Coach, on a great career. And, uh, you know, you've earned your right to go fishing whenever you want to. So uh, put on the going fishing hat. And, uh, you know, there, you've touched a lot of lives. And uh, 
there's a lot of young men that are very appreciative of what you've done for them. Congratulations. Yeah. And we have, and his and his um his record, Sam, is four hundred and eighty-nine wins, hundred and thirty-eight losses, and eleven ties. Only person by, and the person behind him is Eddie Robinson at four hundred and eight wins, hundred and sixty-five losses, and fifteen ties. Uh, Coach Gagliardi's record this year is five and five, and he says it's just too much for him to handle. At eighty-seven years old, he's going to retire and take it easy. Hey guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We want everybody to enjoy their Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much turkey. Uh, there's nothing like Thanksgiving. You know that we have, we all have a lot to be thankful for and uh, enjoy the moment. Watch Michigan beat Ohio State on Saturday. Hey, guys, have a happy Thanksgiving, and don't forget, there's a silver lining in everything. Go Blue, and we will see you next week on Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.